Welcome to Uncontained, episode 108. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and over the last week, Uncontained turned two. Technically, we won't have the first birthday of Uncontained until two years from now since we launched on Leap Day, February 29th, but we'll consider March 1st the birthday for now. I'd like to thank everybody who has been supporting the show over the last couple years for all their support and now I have a Patreon account as well. I know I know you can't financially give to every show you listen to, but if you have been enjoying this show, I'm not going anywhere and I would love to have your support along the way. I'm in it for the long haul and going to continue to provide you some great content including this show today with actress Carol Jefferson. She started out as a news reporter and then uh, after being a news reporter moving from the Bay Area to Omaha to Las Vegas doing reporting in the field, she discovered a passion for law and after trying cases for a while she decided to pick up acting and she has become a SAG-AFTRA certified actress and has been in many things including her most recent films which we talk about in this interview Generations and The Great Controversy Ended. That's all coming up in this episode. She has a great story and uh, was a very fun conversation to have so please plug in your earbuds and and uh, listen to how Carol Jefferson lives uncontained. How are you doing today, Carol? I'm doing amazing. Thank you. Great. Thank you for joining me. What's going on in the life of Carol? Oh, life is amazing. I, I just couldn't be happier. I think I'm just at a wonderful place um, professionally, personally, creatively. Um, creatively, a lot of amazing things have been happening in terms of projects and being able to train with some um, really well-known um, acting coaches. So it's been like a really great time. That's for sure. All right. Perfect. So yes, you are an actress right now, but uh, you got your start actually in television and reporting, correct? Yes. Yes. I, I grew up watching television and really wanting to be a reporter. So um, after high school, I went to San Francisco State University and ended up getting an intern at Caro and TV, which is still around. Um, it's now an independent at that time. It was the NBC affiliate and then got picked up on a training program. And next thing I know, I was covering snowstorms out in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those are. I, I do not miss those being out here on the West Coast. I, you were in Omaha. I'm originally from Iowa. And uh, yeah, the first snow of the year is always kind of cool. Then after that, it's like, I can't wait till this melts. <laughs> right. I know. Oh my God. It was, it was definitely an experience. I never even knew what a parker was until I got to the Midwest, but <laughs> for sure. <laughs> when you moved back here to the Bay area and uh, you know how Bay area people are, they get cold, like around like 60 degrees, 70 <laughs> right. degrees. Did you like look and see like, why are people wearing jackets at this temperature <laughs> or <laughs> I just laughed. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can go like swimming, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, this is shorts weather. Um, right. <laughs> but then after being out here for a while, your your blood does get a little bit thinner again. And it's like, Why? okay, yeah. <laughs> starting to starting to get weak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. You're like, oh, it is really cold. <laughs> right on. So when you were in, like, 
training to be a reporter did they mm-hmm. teach you to speak that certain reporter way is there is there like a class in reporter talk <laughs> like i don't think there's really a class i mean they definitely have consultants that come out and work with you on a variety of different things whether it's your voice your presentation i mean down to obviously i hate to say it, but makeup and hair and clothes and what colors look great on you and all that kind of yeah. stuff so i think that that's it's just part of the total package Um, But at the same time, I think it's important to kind of be yourself as well. I mean, those are the people that stand out and make it look at Barbara Walters and all that kind of stuff. Who has her voice, you know? So I I understand there's kind of, I think, this thought about like a news voice. But I think it's also important to to make your own mark as well and and to be yourself and, and to let that come through as well when you're covering the news. Okay, did you did you have like a distinct voice? Like say say introduce yourself like you did like when you were working on WOWT TV in Omaha. Well, I'll tell you what we used to say when I was in Vegas, we would say Inside Las Vegas News 13. So it was, you know, kind of more like serious at the end regardless of what the story was. So you always had that News 13 Inside Las Vegas, you know? Cool. I I was just noticing the other day, like listening, you know, a lot of radio station DJs have the same voice. You have the NPR announcer, then you have right. like a rock station guy or, you know, and I was just wondering if there, there was necessarily like a standard reporter voice because I always notice that in the news. It's like they tell the story the same way. Like, <laughs> Well, you, I think there is a cadence to it. And I think, you know, um, when you are working with the consultants in terms of how to tell the story and and what words to emphasize and things like that. Um, Cause that can change the whole dynamic of mm-hmm. the story and how you tell it, you know, just your, your diction, your cadence, um, what words you emphasize. So all of that is kind of part of it. And I guess over time kind of find your way and fill out the story, you know? And so I think that's why it's, I always thought it was great to be a field reporter versus, you know, just an anchor because when yeah. you're in a field, you kind of really have a connection to that story. You've met the people you've been out there, you've seen the scene, you feel all these things. And so I think that really comes through in the story for me personally, rather than just someone that's just back at the studio reading it, you know, it's a little bit different to me. You know, I feel like there's definitely more of a connection and I feel like that's when you get the more variance. I mean, even when you watch the live shots, you know, you, you feel that it's such a totally different experience and, having someone back at the studio on set just read it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, the live shots on in the news are kind of cool. You get to see actually the scene of what happened. Right. Now, when you were in Las Vegas, yes. you kind of developed a interest in another career that's not necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily think entertainment related. How did you get uh, interested in the legal field? You know, and it's really interesting. And that's why I always say that life is such an interesting journey because you never know exactly where it's going to take you, what doors are going to open, what you're going to find that you're passionate about at different uh, points in your life. And so um, when I was in Las Vegas, which was one of the craziest places to cover news because there was always bizarre stuff happening, um, I had the opportunity to cover a number of um, jury trials. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting. You know, all the things that go on. Yes, there's the basic stuff, objections, this, that, and the other. But there were a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of pretrial motions and things like that that I would attend. And I would be like, okay, well, what does that mean? I don't really know as a layperson what that really means or how that really impacts, you know, this particular trial. And then you end up talking to the attorneys and they kind of break it down for you. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting. And the work that they were doing really impacted people's lives. I mean, obviously journalism does too, but 
when you're, you know, stepping into a courtroom to be a voice for a victim, that's a huge thing. And at the same time, I'm dealing with criminal law here. If you're representing the accused, that's a, a, a major thing too. And so I thought, wow, that's really um, an amazing career to have and something that seems like it would be really rewarding, very challenging too, but, but dynamic. And so yeah. I kind of just started thinking about it. I had been thinking about, do I want to go back to school and what did I want to pursue? Um, and so I finally kind of made the decision and it was a huge one to go to law school a little bit later in life, you know, after having been in the news business for several years. Okay. So yeah, that, that is kind of a big jump to go from news to law and then yeah. from the legal industry, you decided, Hey, I want to try acting. Is that how, is that how it worked? It's like, Hey, I remember my lines in court. I can hit them on screen. <laughs> what happened? It's a bizarre story. It's so funny. So when I first got into the legal career after law school, I, I was a prosecutor. I had um, interned at the DA's office. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I um, really, um, that's what really motivated me to go to law school. So that's what okay. I did for a personal years. And then I was wanting a little bit more work-life balance. And so I went to work for the state. And so that gave me a little bit more free time to do some other things. And so I was talking to someone about like, gosh, what else would I like to do? And they were like, well, what about voiceover? You did a lot of TV. Maybe you might enjoy that. And I was like, okay. So we kind of talked about that a little bit. And then they told me about um, some workshops, some acting workshops here in Sacramento. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go just check that out. Maybe it might be fun. might be interesting. And so I went and I started going and they had um, some productions that were coming up and I got a chance to participate in those. No one booed me. So I was like, well, that's good. Cool. <laughs> it's always good when they don't boo. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, this is really kind of cool. And then I, um, there was a stage manager for one of the productions who was affiliated with another theater company. And um, she recommended me for um, a lead role. And she's like, go down there and read for, for the director. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll just go, you know? It was a Toni Morrison play who I grew up reading and loved her. So um, the bluest eye. And so I went and, you know, read, auditioned, and I got the part. It was the lead and ended up being one of the best stage productions of 2014 nice. um, here in my area. And that was such an amazing experience for me. Um, the content of that play, the performance, the whole cast, the way it impacted people. It was like, it changed my life. It right really on. did. Yeah. So you caught the acting bug uh, <laughs> being on stage. All right. So like at this point, like you're acting, you're like, you just got the acting bug. You're doing law. Are you missing uh, television reporting at all? might for a while but i don't i think the business has changed so much i mean i hate to say it but i rarely watch local news i mean i do kind of keep up with cnn but i really rarely watch local news um i think that it's still relevant but i think there's just so many different sources of information out yeah. there on that word information and i think that um, a lot of people are turning towards those different sources of information more so than than local news what do you think um, and, of fake news? Yeah. <laughs> that, that is, you know, that's really troubling. I, I think it really makes it hard for true journalists, you know, and um, I think it's a disservice to the public personally. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, so I hope 
you know, the public that we become more savvy too, as there are more opportunities to receive information that we really don't just read something and just believe it, but really think critically cross check, you know, do all of that stuff before we just buy something that we, we read, you know, on the internet and, you know, just believe it. So I'm hoping it's making us more, more savvy. I'm not sure, but that that's my hope. Okay, and I've always wanted to actually ask a reporter this uh, or kind of run this view past a reporter. Like right now, I think kind of what's wrong with like American news is Mm -hmm. say you have your Fox News and your CNNs and now your Facebook feed where it's catered to how you can go like just watch your show, like what you believe in and not hear the other side. And both of them have a slant. And I don't care if you say you're fair and balanced or giving like you know whatever like there there's a slant on all of them and i'm like walter cronkite would probably be pissed right now if he would mm-hmm. if he was alive because you know back then it was like more the re- reading the news and not necessarily the it's almost entertainment now right. it's like if it bleeds it leads type thing right and you know i i will say that you know at times that is a bit troubling and I remember back when I was even doing news, you know, trying to get um, stories that weren't, um, you know, kind of like the eye catching. Let's, you know, make this the lead at five on the newscast sometimes was a little challenging, but it was important. It was important for the public to hear about, you know, community development that was going on or, you know, some of the positive things that were going on or community things that were going on to address issues and not just, okay, there's been another shooting over in this neighborhood or there's a, you know, a major car crash, you know, on the highway. I understand that those things are important and those do need to be reported. But I think that Again, we kind of do a disservice to the public by not giving them some other aspects of news that are going on in the world and in their community as well. And I think I was fortunate enough to work with some really good management that I was able to get, you know, some of those stories on the air and people could see some of the other things that were going on in their community. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, So enough about the news right now let's talk let's the news is in your past the news is in your past and now now we're on to acting and you have you have some things going on right now i was looking at your imd page you have a long list of things you've been a part of short films you've been a part of and you have a couple that are either wrapping up production right now or apparently, as we talked before, winning a couple awards at festivals and yes. stuff. So right now, I see that you have um, a piece called Generations that you're a part of. And yes. also, The Great Controversy Ended. Um, right. So let's start with, uh, since we talked a little bit about The Great Controversy, and that was the one that you said was winning awards. Uh, yes. First of all, what is that one about? And uh, what, what's your role in that? So The Great Controversy Ended is produced by a company called Golden Eagle Films. It's a a kind of a Christian-based production company here in Northern California. They've actually worked on a number of different films, some Christian-based, others more um, family-oriented, not necessarily Christian-based, but, um, you know, kind of a a different um, kind of market, I think, and one that is important in addition to everything else that's out there. Um, But anyway, so this production company, their most recent film is The Great Controversy Ended, and it's a Christian-based film about the last days on on Earth. And so I play the role of Ava. Um, 
I'm one of um, several people that are trying to figure out what to do because it seems like the world is kind of coming to an end and we're questioning faith and, and how do we deal with all the things that are going around um, at that time. And so there's a wonderful scene that we shot up near the Oregon border um, that we're like in this big cave. It was so cold that we're in this cave. And that's where a lot of us have gone to seek um, safety from all the things that are going on around the, the world at that time, because we're being chased basically okay. by a lot of people that want to get rid of us. And so I, my particular scene is, is part of that. And um, it's a very physical scene too, where I'm running with um, another person and we're being um, chased um, by some very bad people with little big, big guns. And so okay. it's a very physical scene. Any zombies or anything? No zombies. Okay, I, I just <laughs> nowadays whenever people that. are running, there's zombies chasing them. So no, um, no, no. And it was it, seemed yeah. apocalyptical. It could be a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> no zombies, but it is. You know, it was a very physical. That's probably, I think, one of the most physical films I've ever ever done. And I, I wasn't, you know, aware of that until I kind of got into it. So it was a different kind of experience, but it was it was amazing. It, and it's won a lot of awards down in LA. Um, so it's doing really, really well. Um, and it's been on some of the Christian network stations, um, around okay. the world. All right, cool. So, um, now that's winning some awards. You also yeah. have, uh, generations, which is apparently according to IMDb and post-production right now. Um, yes. what, what, what is that one? And, uh, so since it's kind of not all done yet, I don't want to say too much, but it has to do with a, a very significant tragedy and also family family secrets. So it's um, the type of film that I think a lot of people can identify with because it is about families and different things that happen with families throughout generations and how we view different um, issues that arise um, in life based sometimes on the different generations that we come from. Okay. And so in that particular um, film, I play a doctor that's um, assisting at a hospital in one of the scenes. It was all shot in the Bay Area. In fact, that particular scene that I'm in was shot in Fairfield. So that should be coming out pretty soon. I've got a chance to work with some really good people on that. It was it was a good, good experience. And I think it's going to do really well. Very cool. Very cool. So um, I, w I was just wondering if it was going to be like a show about like hating on millennials with generations or uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I kidding. I'm just, trouble, I'm just I'm just kidding. No, I don't want you to violate any NDAs. Don't don't violate any NDAs, even though you do have the legal know how to get out of them. So, um, you know, it might might work, might work or you could. Switch to entertainment law from right, right, right. Because everyone will hire me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, what is next for you as an actress? So right now, I think I'm at a place where um, I'm really thinking about what I want to do. I've, I've been thinking about do I go back and do a little bit more theater, which I absolutely loved. Um, I just love theater. And so I've, I've missed that. I, I like doing film and everything, but I, I think there's something really special about having a live audience. I mean, there's just nothing like it to, to really feel that energy. And, and really it, it makes you, I think a better actor because every night you got to bring your A game. There's a new audience every night. There's not a second take. You don't get that opportunity. You got to nail it on day one, you know? Yeah. So you don't get the chance to do another take. And even in film, you know, people shouldn't be doing that and it's looked down upon, but, in theater, you really don't have that opportunity. And um, 
and I just really love the energy and be able to talk to the audience afterwards about how it impacted them, what they thought was funny, what, you know, really moved them. I mean, it's just that, that connection that I think I don't feel as much with film. Um, I like film in a different way, but I, I do miss that. So I'm looking at that and then also um, continuing to train and work on my craft. That okay. is so important. Um, I, I want to always be respected for my work, you know, and, and being um, not just talented, but a hard worker and someone who's committed to really growing and developing. Um, and I think sometimes in anything you can kind of get laxed, you know, and I think it's really important not to do that in anything. And especially in, in, um, and acting in film, because there's so much talent out there and it's really about, I think the people that are really committed to doing the hard work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool. So, uh, when we were talking earlier, uh, you mentioned that you were going to do some training maybe this mm -hmm. summer with uh, somebody who has worked with Samuel Jackson or something like yes, that. Tom Ross. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, I had heard about him, and um, he does go around the country and and put on um, shorter type trainings in different places like L.A., San Francisco. I think he's in Houston. Um, Seattle. So, you know, he's been, you know, different places. And so I'd heard of him and I actually wanted to attend, um, I guess a couple years ago when he came to San Francisco, the timing didn't work out, but most recently he was here. Um, I think it was back in November. Um, and I had a chance to go and just kind of observe because I wanted to check him out first because you know, okay. there's all these people that are acting coaches. So I wanted to check him out. Is he really any good? Um, and so I went and I was amazed. I mean, the people that put up scenes, and the feedback that he gave them, the realness of his feedback. And he was just genuine. He was just really like the real deal. And, okay. um, like I harsh, really, like Simon Cowell or like, no, he's like, that, that was like complete that. rubbish. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. No, I mean, but he, he gave, I mean, he had a way of really giving honest feedback, but in a way that was, I think, very productive and, very genuine and very loving, you know? So okay. it wasn't like you're terrible, this, that, and the other. Um, but I mean, he was real with people and that's what you need too, you know, um, if you're going to grow and develop. Um, but it was never like insulting anyone or making anyone feel bad or anything like that. And he would give people the opportunity to tweak things and, and redo it. And you would see like how much more amazing that part of their, their performance was just with his feedback. And it was just like, wow. And he talked a lot about, and I think one thing I really like about him too, he's theater based. Okay. He is theater based. And I'm really big on that. I know there's a lot of acting coaches out there that work with people, but I really want to work with someone who's theater based because that's where I came from. That's what I feel like is really important in terms of training and grounding all the major people that I look at and that I respect. They're all like theater backgrounds. And all so right. he, his program is really um, big on that. And that's where a lot of his training comes from. He went to Juilliard and all that stuff too. So yeah, he's really great. I was really impressed. So I've had a chance to talk to him. I mean, he really takes an interest in his students. I think if you're interested, so I really appreciated that we had to coordinate a little bit, but you know, he was able to call me and we were able to talk about what my goals are 
and, you know, what he's offering and, you know, where I see myself going. And I really appreciated that from someone at that level who's so busy, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you mentioned this earlier. It's good to get honest criticism from somebody, especially in a constructive way, because, you know, a lot of times when you show your stuff to people, you know, or people that you briefly know, they're like, oh, it's awesome. It's great. It's great. (laughs) It's like, oh, man, that's you're amazing. And it's like it's when you have that person there that's willing to give you like honest feedback, you know, it's good. But if you change this part, you know, it could be better. Or even if it's a good enough friend to tell you, dude, that's really uh, you you really need to work on that. Uh (laughs) No. And I, yeah. And I just feel like I've been blessed to, to have that. Even going back to when I did the bluest eye, I remember the director working with me on different scenes and he, at the time, seemed a little picky about things. And I'm like, why does that matter? It's not that big of a deal. But later, as the um, as the rehearsals progressed, I saw why that was a big deal. It is about details. Yeah. And I appreciated that so much later. And I, and I told him because it made a huge difference in my performance. But at the time, I didn't see it. I'm just like, okay, it's like a minor thing. It's not that big of a deal. It was later. You know, yeah. it's all those little things that add up to a great performance. You know, and so you need that feedback. You need someone to be like, okay, you need to focus on this. This is what I see. This is how we get there. This really is important. So it can't be like, oh, you're the best thing since sliced bread. You're going to be the next Meryl Street. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, <laughs> she took a lot of criticism to get to where she is, I'm sure. Absolutely. You know? And Absolutely. I think criticism is great, especially when they have a, and you could do this to fix it type thing, right. not just yeah. like, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I learned a ton. I mean, it just... I never in my wildest dreams even thought I could do something like that. And then to be able to do it and, and have our work, and it's not just me because it's a whole cast, our work respected and acknowledged and, and appreciated in that way. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, I mean, yes, it was nice to be named as one of the best productions of 2014, but it was really the feedback from the people that came to see it, the audience and how it impacted them. Cause that's a deep play. It's very deep. And um, yeah, and to be able to to play that role in such an authentic way that people really felt it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's really cool when you can actually, you know, leave a mark, a feeling on somebody uh, through your performance or motivate them to do something or, you know, mm-hmm. just have that impact. So um, now you have the two shows coming out uh Mm -hmm. you got the training coming up this summer uh or spring whenever that may be and i don't know i was just looking around online i saw this little fact uh you danced on stage with prince once (laughs) so so were you invited on stage were you supposed to be there did you get thrown out of the concert afterwards or you know where that happened um all places omaha (laughs) In Omaha, Nebraska, the purple one may. Well, he's from the Midwest. He's from he's from Minneapolis. It's well, it's still it's, I don't know, not that far away. Yes, he came like back in the day to um, perform, and it was around my birthday, so it was in December. And a girlfriend um, was able to get us these great tickets. So we had like second row center seats. Somehow she got these amazing tickets, and it was my birthday, and we went. And, you know, like he was going around, you know, the audience and picking people to come up on stage and dance. And somehow he picked me and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the best experience ever. 
And then they gave us like these tickets for the after party. And so we went to the after party and it was really, really a lot of fun. And um, I must say, I was just broken when, you know, he passed. And, yeah, and, that... and I always thought of him as his own person that um, really, you know, kind of charted his own path, you know, from the moment he signed, you know, I think it was with Warner Brothers. He wanted control over, you know, his work. And that was kind of unheard of for someone that was a newcomer and that young. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I always respected him and, you know, loved his music over the years. And I just was um, that was really heartbreaking. But it was definitely one of the highlights of my my life is, you know, you know, having that experience. And I've seen him since then, you know, at concerts uh, several times, never dance on stage again, but I've been to other concerts. <laughs> All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. So, yeah. And he's one of those performers and one of those musicians where like, even if you're not necessarily a fan of that style of music, you have right. to respect him because he can play like, or could play like 27 different instruments yes. or something oh like God, that. And yes. it's like, dude, you are insane that is nuts but you know it's that type of talent that you just have to respect right oh yeah he was just he was just a genius and you know and i think from things that i read and heard he was a bit of a perfectionist too about his performances and his music and things like that but yeah he definitely was a genius whether you were a fan or not anyone at that level that can do what he can do in terms of playing different instruments and and having such longevity um yeah that was yeah, fun <laughs> definitely okay all right so that's a really cool experience and uh well i'm glad there was a really cool story behind it too so <laughs> so like yeah it's just a backup dancer for a show you know life is what life is so from being a television reporter to being an actress you can even, I guess, take some of your experience as a lawyer in there, too. But what advice would you have for people who are looking to get started out in the entertainment industry, either as a actress or actor, reporter or what have you? I think it's always important to to work for it and, and to be willing to pay your dues. You know, things don't always happen overnight. And I think um, sometimes, you know, people go into different areas for different reasons and you really start to see the people who are really committed who really have a passion for it that that's really their heart and it's the work it's the craft it's not about i'm on tv somebody knows my name oh i have an imbd credit it's about i really love the craft and i cannot tell you how many productions and different projects that i worked on in the bay area when i was just getting started and never got paid how many times I drove there <laughs> to work on an overnight, you know, shoot, and I didn't get paid. Yeah. But that's how you get started, you know? And, you know, I did whatever just to to be a part of something that I, I believed in. And, um, you know, it paid off, but that's not how things started. And so I think you have to be willing to do those things. And so many times I heard from different actors that, you know, live in different areas. Oh, well, yeah, I'm kind of interested, but I don't want to do the drive and, you know, I'm not going to get paid. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so do you have your own talk show yet? <laughs> or do you have your own show yet? Because that's where a lot of people start is that they drive, they go and they do different things that they don't get paid for. Because yes. it's all about networking. It's about showing people that you're committed, that you have talent, that you have drive, that you're willing to do what's asked, that you're flexible all those types of things. You'd be surprised the number of opportunities that I got from just meeting people on set that I didn't audition for later, just because they had seen me and, 
you know, we had a chance to interact and I was willing to do certain things. I did like a, um, a Western Union commercial. I put that on Instagram for like a flashback Friday uh, yesterday. But the reason why I got that opportunity is because I had worked on a um, film with that protection, uh, particular production company, I think a year before, several overnights, and I never got paid. But I came there and I was excited about it and I really wanted to do it. And I just thought this is such a great opportunity. I'm honored just to be here because there's so many other people that they could have chosen. And here I am. And, you know, it just worked out that later they were like, hey, we got this opportunity. We thought about you. Are you interested? I'm like, heck, yeah. And then I got paid. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. That's awesome. How long did it take you to go from doing the free work to getting your first paid gig? Um, you know, I would say probably within like six months, I was starting to get some things and not like huge things, but enough to kind of like make it worth, you know, the drive, I guess sometimes, um, you know, um, to cover gas and, and to really be able to like pay for headshots and things like that. Cause all that stuff adds up in classes, you know, so yeah. I, I would say for like, probably like six months and then I kept working and I kept working and I got an agent, um, I got my SAG, all that kind of stuff. So Uh, I would say a lot of things happen, uh, you know, I think pretty rapidly, probably within the first, you know, two, one to two years, you know, and that's also keeping a full time job. So if I had been able to do, you know, 100 percent just acting, maybe even more, who knows, you know, it's hard to say. um, But I had to work around my day job, too. Yeah, I would say, yeah, within like the first couple of years, because that's when I was able to do, you know, the bluest eye. Um, I was able to do, you know, um, some other like um, theater productions and then, you know, get the agent, um, get SAG, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I would say within like that first, probably the first two years. But, you know, there was a lot of things that I did that I that I didn't get paid for. And even now, you know, depending on what the project is, if I really believe in it, you know, getting paid isn't the end all be all, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You have to have, you know, the desire to do it, the interest in the job itself. Right. You know, and some things, you know, they're they're worth doing without getting they getting are. that paycheck. They are. They are. All right, great. So what uh, are you doing right now currently, Carol, to promote yourself? So I well I have an I have an agent. I am signed with someone out of San Francisco. So um, you know, I work with them, you know, to a certain degree, I work my day job too, but I also believe it's important that you don't solely rely on anyone else for your career. You know, it's, yeah. it's your responsibility. So agents and managers and all that kind of stuff, you know, definitely they, they play a role, but at the end of the day, it's all about you. So I do use social media a lot. I use, you know, Facebook to a certain degree, but mostly Instagram. I have a Twitter account. I try to keep my IMDG pretty, you know, current as well. And then, you know, just stay engaged with people, other actors, directors. I try to go to, you know, social events. I mean, even attending plays, you know, that other people are in, um, that kind of, kind of keeps you in the mix, you know, talking to people. Um, there's all kinds of different activities, you know, and, and, you know, I guess social events like happy hours and things like that, um, that I, that I go to as well. Um, SAG after you know, um, holds different events. They also have what they call the conservatory and different workshops and things like that. And I think that's helpful um, in terms of, you know, keeping yourself out there and promoting. Um, okay, perfect, perfect. Do you find yourself trying to promote to directors and <laughs> other actors more than promoting to, like, your audience? I think it's a 
combination of both. And I say that because I went to a premiere of a film that a friend was in and she wasn't um, the lead, but she had a prominent role and um, they had the cast on stage. And um, one of the things that came up in terms of one of the leads, how he got selected to come and audition, obviously he's got to audition and be good, but they looked at his Instagram account and he had a ton of followers. And <laughs> yeah. so it was a film that wasn't like, um, you know, like a LA film, but it was one that they were able to bring in some LA folks, but they needed people that they felt had a good following too, that could get the word out about the film. So as much as sometimes I go back and forth about social media and posting things about acting and what I'm doing, it that's part of the business aspect of it. And I must admit, sometimes I don't like that as much, but that's part of the deal. And so I do that as well as, you know, keeping contact with, you know, agents and directors and talking to people about what's going on. Do they have, you know, any new projects that are coming up? Can I talk to them about different things? So I think it's a combination of both for, for my experience. All right. Very cool. And uh, I think that's a good balance to have, too, because you, you, in a way, as an actress, have like two different audiences. You have your viewing audience and then you have your potential hiring audience. You know, right. so you got to keep yeah. them both in the loop and keep them both interested and intrigued. And I think right. uh, promoting to one kind of helps promote the other as well when you have more follow following the other, you know? Yeah, definitely. All right. So besides dancing with Prince on stage, <laughs> uh, what would be a highlight or two from your career? Oh, my gosh. There's been so many. Um, I think um, I think one of the highlights, and I did post this on, on Instagram, um, was when I was just starting out in news. Um, Rosa Parks um, came to one of the universities in the Bay Area and I was um, working with one of the reporters there, and I was able to go with that reporter to a news conference that Rosa Parks was was really? um, holding and talking about, you know, the state of kind of race relations and how far we've come and things like that. And, um, you know, I asked her a question. I asked her what she thought about the state of race relations at that time. And I mean, like every room in that, like every head in that room kind of turned towards me, like, who is this person? Because I was just kind of starting out in, you know, getting into news and things like that. I wasn't even on the air at that time. And that was just one of the highlights, because, of course, growing up, I'd heard so much about her. She was such an icon. And to be in the same room with her and to be able to ask her a question was such a significant thing, even more so when she passed on, you know, years later. So I think things like that, being able to you know, in terms of television news, be at the forefront and really have the experience of interacting with some really amazing people and experiences that I would never have. You know, it's like you kind of get a a glimpse of of history a little bit. And then I think just in terms of being a lawyer, you know, every day walking into that courtroom and being a a voice for a victim and really helping them, you know, get justice. And sometimes that's not necessarily just a conviction. It may be you know, we resolve the case with, you know, some kind of negotiated plea or something like that. But I really um, enjoyed being a pro- prosecutor. That was probably one of the highlights of being a lawyer. It's a lot of work, but <laughs> it was something that I really, really wanted to do for a long time, you know, going through law school, making the decision to go to law school. So that was definitely the highlight. And then I think um, as an actress, gosh, there's just been so many different things. Obviously, The Bluest (laughs) Eye, um, because that was such a major thing for me. It gave me the confidence to believe I could do all this. And then being featured in a national commercial, I wasn't expecting that. So that was like, whoa. And having your friends see you, that was like, whoa. 
So that was really cool. And just all the people that I've met. And I, I do want to say that I think oftentimes, and maybe in television, even in law, but definitely in, in acting, you know, there's um, this thought that a lot of us are just narcissistic and we're just ego driven and we're shallow. But I'm telling you, I've met so many people that have helped me in so many ways when they didn't have to. Yeah. And, um, and so I know there's good people in this industry, even down in L.A. when I've gone down there for different things. And um, I think that's been one of the great highlights is not just the creative side, but really just meeting all these amazing people and seeing how much support there is for other people in this industry and wanting to see other people succeed and, and have success and be happy too. Those are all great highlights. One thing I really do like is the the question you actually asked uh, Rosa Parks. It was very fitting, especially with being a civil rights leader in the day. Uh, what was her answer to it? She basically said that she thought that we had made a lot of progress, but there was still work to be done. And, you know, that's, you know, kind of, I think, even today where, where a lot of people feel that we're at. I mean, I guess there could be an argument made that, like, maybe we're even kind of going backwards a little bit. But I I still feel hopeful and I feel like we are making a lot of progress. I think we're lucky to live in California because it is so diverse, a lot yes. more integrated than maybe some parts of the other country that I've lived in. I have family that lives in. And I see my world, um, the people in my circle, it's very multicultural and we, we celebrate diversity. And, and I love you know, hearing about different things and learning about different parts of, you know, someone's culture and, and trying new foods. And I think that it's, it's great that we can all celebrate who we are, but also embrace and celebrate other people that have a different, um, you know, life path or, you know, different cultures, different experiences. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I still believe we are, you know, making a lot of progress. Cool. Yeah. So that was just a good question that goes along with the times now as well, as yeah. you mentioned. So I know there's a lot of concern, but I, I, I just really stay, I think, optimistic about where we're going. And I, I still see it, you know, um, as progress, even though, you know, sometimes things do come up and you're like, wow, really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. And those like you just have to remember not everybody in the country is like that and there's still hope there's some good people left and uh all that good stuff. So what do you want your audience to remember and take away about your performance on stage or on screen or even back in the newscast days? Um, that I am in this because I love the craft, you know. Okay. I mean I just love it. And it's not about like how much money I make, who knows me, am I going to become famous or anything like that. It's about being in that moment with that character and bringing that character to life and hopefully making people feel it, whether it's a tragedy or it's a comedy, but really connecting with that audience and, and hoping that they leave with something, you know, that something from that, that performance, whether it makes them think about you know, a major sensitive issue or something that's controversial or something that um, we're dealing with in society or gives them a good laugh and, and lightens their day, you know, who knows what their day was like before they came into the door to see that performance. So I just hope that they take away that there's authenticity in what, you know, I'm performing. There is a realness to it that, you know, I've done my best to do my homework and, and to perform in a way that really connects with the audience and it's not, I'm just here so you can see me. 
Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So you want them to see that passion that you have for what you're actually yes. doing when that's, yeah. that's an admirable trait right there. So, um, I have one more question for you, Sure. <laughs> but before we get to that question, yes. um, where can people find you online? What's your corner of the internet? So I, you know, I have my IMBD page. I mean, you can look me up. It's Carol Jefferson. Um, I also have my Instagram. It's actress Carol on Instagram. And so I try to stay pretty active on that. I don't post every day, but, you know, I'm on there at least a couple of times a week. Um, something about acting. Um, I love to travel. So there might be some stuff on there about travel. Um, so those are the two main things that I use in terms of, you know, um, staying, um, I think relevant and, and letting people know what I'm doing and staying kind of active in terms of um, connecting with people, whether it's, you know, you know, viewers or, you know, an acting um, coach or casting director. So those are the things that I use um, mostly is IMBD and, and Instagram, Facebook somewhat, but not as much. All right, cool. So I'll make sure I get the, um, those links in the show notes sure. uh, so people can find you and get in touch with you. And uh, one last time, promote anything that you have coming out, upcoming movies, stage shows, anything like that. Well, I think if you haven't seen The Great Controversy Ended, it's a great movie, regardless of where you are faith-wise. The acting is just it just superb. I mean, in the production, I it was just... It's just amazing. I think that's why it's won so many awards. I think this is the film that's won the most awards produced by that particular production company. And they've won awards for other movies. Oh. Um, and I think Generations is going to be really, really great, too. Um, there's a lot of great people involved in that, um, the production and all of that. So um, those two, I think, are, you know, the ones that I would promote at this time. You know, I've got some stuff that's kind of in the in the oven right now, so I can't get into that. But those okay. are the two that are kind of out there. And that, you know, I'll be, you know, continuing to work on my craft and developing and growing and um, thinking about, you know, what I want to do at the next level with acting. You know, that's for sure. That's going to be something that is um, going to be a major uh, thing for me over the next year. All right, perfect. And I just remembered earlier on in the interview uh, when you were talking about the uh, great controversy ended. Um, uh -huh. You were saying that was like one of the most physical acting jobs that you've had yet. Like, what is your favorite style of acting? Is it comedic, dramatical, <laughs> um, physical, or um, something I left out of the list? <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I really do like dramas. I mean, I, I really, I do like those kind of in-depth um you know, roles that really challenge you, make you think there's some kind of major issue that, you know, really might be a little controversial. Uh, maybe it's something that we don't talk about a lot, but it's out there. And how do we deal with it? And really, how do I present that in a way that people will will take it in and really think about it, you know, whether whatever their thoughts are about it, ultimately. So I do like um, dramas a lot. But at the same time, I've enjoyed doing comedies, too. Those are a lot of fun. Um, and so I think as an actor, I think it's important to be versatile, you know, okay. and to not really pigeonhole yourself into to one box. And so I remind myself that a lot because I'm not, you know, someone that I, I think of myself as like a comedic type actor, although I love Big Bang Theory, but <laughs> I don't think of myself that way. But I, I think that it's important, you know, to really to to be open and to be diverse and and the times I have done comedy in terms of theater and things like that, I've really enjoyed it. 
more than I ever thought I would, you know, because there was like, you know, the whole timing thing to it and all that. So it's, uh, you know, it can be a lot of fun as well. So I, I think I'm open. I, I think I do tend to veer a little bit more towards drama, but okay. I want to remain open. Very cool. So I do have that final question for you that I've been saying <laughs> is coming for the last oh, three no, questions. Oh, no. <laughs> Carol Jefferson, how do you live uncontained? I think it's about remembering what I'm passionate about. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be disappointments. There's going to be delays. Things don't always go according to plan. But when you're really passionate about something, that is what sets your soul on fire. That is what keeps you going. You know, no matter what the naysayers are saying, no matter how the audition went, no matter what the agent is saying, it's like, do I really believe in this? Is this something that I really absolutely love? Can I imagine my life without being a part of this? Yeah. And that's what keeps me going. And also I would say, you know, my faith, what I believe in, you know, um, I just really believe that if I, you know, stay the course, that things will work out. Maybe not in exact the time that I want or the way, but they always do. And then obviously surrounding yourself with good people. I got an amazing inner circle. I'm telling you, like, they are amazing. And I don't know where I would be without them because they help keep me going too when there are challenges and you're like, uh, this didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs> and that's really important because. There are so many people out there that will tell you that you can't, you shouldn't do it. It's not worth it. It's going to take too long. Oh, there's so many people in L.A. Do you really want to go to L.A.? There's so many people going to the audition. They're not going to pick, you know, they're probably not going to pick you. You don't really know. Is it really worth your time? you got to have people that are like, got your back. Like, yeah. no hesitation. And I think that is hard to kind of develop sometimes, but once you do it, it's amazing. And at the same time, you got to have their back too, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's one of those things where you're, you're there for each other. And I think once you're able to get that circle of people, it makes a huge difference and, you know, it takes time, you know, you got to meet the right people and all that. But once you have an amazing inner circle and that passion that keeps you going. Definitely. And uh, thank you very much. It's been great having you on the show today, Carol. <laughs> I have one final thing for you to do, though. I, I didn't tell you about this yet. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show today? Life is such an amazing journey. I love acting. I'm Carol Jefferson. I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening. And thank you to Carol Jefferson for sitting down and having a great conversation with me. I'd like to give a big shout out to all the listeners in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Got some serious uncontained listeners there. And uh, I want to know where you're listening at. Where, where are you hearing my voice come into your ears. Hit me up at uncontainedpod.com and leave me a message there or hit me up on my Facebook page as well. And uh, let me know, where are you listening to this show at? Thanks again for listening and until next time, live uncontained.